Spirit Radio Podcasts. Time now for our weekly Life in Five interview. If it's the first time you heard it, what's all about? Well, we just talked to someone about their life, the ups and downs, and also where God comes into it all. Delighted to have my next guest with us in the studio, former rugby international Eric Miller joins. Good morning, Eric. How are you doing? Good morning, Mandy. So tell us about yourself. I'm currently uh, rugby coaching. Thankfully, 12 years after I retired, I'm still in the amateur game. I coach in school as well, so still sort of living, living out in some way. Um, the game that I love playing and was obviously lucky enough to be professional in for 12 years so still doing it and um, yeah enjoying the schedule enjoying working with people and a lot of learning a lot of challenges but a lot of uh, good moments as well and family man as well yes yeah two daughters two great daughters um, recently adopted one um, when we were living abroad in Sri Lanka and she's just blossoming now to see that is, is amazing She's really adapting to school. She's a very outgoing personality, as as she always was, even when we first met her. And now she's just sort of, as I said, blossoming and enjoying life, enjoying school and looking forward to her to her operation that she'll need on her legs in, the, in May when we go to the States. Well, I'm sure we're going to hear a little bit more about that through your questions. So we'll start off with question number one for you, Eric. A favourite Bible verse and why? Yes, yeah, so, well, I'm not going to... It's probably best not to say the verse straight out, but it... it, it for me, it's uh, probably about four or five verse passage where it really sums up the Christian experience and the life that can be full of trials that we all go through and challenges. But that the big picture is that there's an inheritance for those who who have uh, faith and faith in the Lord and and try and live their lives for Him as much as possible and have that commitment. Um, so it gives a sort of overall view of what you go through, the challenges are going to be there, but there is a reason for what you go through and it's to be it's to be built for something more both in hopefully this life and the next so I think it gives a good overview and it's something I latch on to regularly and remind yourself of I'm sure because I think sometimes there's a it, it's not a case of when you're a Christian you know God waves a magic wand and makes your life perfect no it doesn't work that way and normally yeah <laughs> it, it's never an easy ride but um, I think the key is that there's a once there's a purpose and a meaning and that that overall perspective and uh, and you know there's a reason why you're going through certain things even though it might be a tough road um you're ultimately going through a little bit of what jesus suffered and i think that's that's the identification that he has with us uh, when he came down and uh, somehow we have to live that out in a little bit of suffering but there's also great blessings that come with that uh, in terms of a clear conscience and and uh and, and and free from that sh- from the shackles that sort of hold us back, I think is uh, really really important. Tell me how God helps you in your work. Yeah, um, uh, amazing. It's really really difficult. Um, the sort of world and the doggy dog world of achievement and of success is so enticing to us all. Um, I battle with that every day, particularly within my job, whether teams are winning or losing, and I find that a real challenge. But I think through the way God speaks to us through His Word in terms of the Garden of Eden and the cultivation, the fact that Jesus is a carpenter, I think we're to try and micromanage as much as we can amidst our communities and try and influence people uh, through relationships and, and keep it as small as we can and not try to um, change the world. And even even um, people who would be uh, non-Christians um, throughout history, there's very, very few people who've changed the world, like maybe Nelson Mandela, Mother Teresa, people like that, but very, very few people, even in the secular world, get to do something that people will remember for centuries. So if we keep if we keep striving for that, we're always going to kind of fall short. And um, obviously dealing with each other, we're all sort of fall short every day. So looking for that success and that achievement in, and, and um, 
chasing after the wrong things can really, really sort of be, as I said, enticing, can hold us back. So I think it's to try and simplify it in your mind as much as possible that the way he see, God uh, views success is totally different to the way we do. And we I find that really, really hard. But I try to keep pegging myself back with his help uh, in terms of micromanaging, as I said, just focusing on the day to day and dealing with uh, how, pe- how God wants me to influence my family or this person that I come in contact with, whether it's through work or another experience uh, outside. It's a, it's such a, a difficult temptation, I think, in everybody's life, isn't it? That idea of just worldly success and this idea of what we think will make us happy. Yet, when it comes down to us, there was a headline in the paper today at, at Emma Hannigan, the author's funeral, where she said, you know, what it comes down to is love and loving each other. And that really was Jesus' message to us, you know, um, and you've really touched on it there, Eric. A time you heard something clear from God. Yes, it was a... Uh when we when we first went to Sri Lanka and, and uh, Jenny met Nisha at the orphanage three weeks after we arrived, then she sprung it on me that she wanted to adopt, and she felt that we a strong sense that she was being called to adopt. I was kind of looked at her strangely, and said, "Listen, I've just started my rugby job. I thought she was off her head. You know, it was crazy." Um, but over the coming months, we obviously kept discussing things, and I I just sort of listened to her and and obviously got to know the kids as well as Nisha in the orphanage where we were working. And then by probably three or four months into it, I I came across, I started reading up on families who adopted. And I read about this particular family in the States who adopted seven Chinese children. And there was many reasons why we're asked to adopt or we feel called to adopt. And it's different for each, every family. But I, I really latched on to the idea that he, once we come to faith, that he adopts us into his family. So I felt sort of feeling a call to do that is re- was a real privilege um, and a real sort of trust part on him towards us in fact I trust you to do this for Anisha like I've done for you and I found that really really struck my heartstrings and I felt a real clear sense to sort of jump on the bandwagon then with Jenny and, and go forward with the process of trying to adopt her And tell us about Nisha Yeah Nisha's a bundle of energy um, there was a severely disabled orphanage we were in obviously f- uh, with, with a lot of uh, kids who were, who were short of a lot of faculties but Nisha had all of hers and Again, we were, I wouldn't say attracted to her, but once Jenny sort of held her, she had that maternal instinct, but she, she was full of life. Um, there's many volunteers that come in and out of, the, of those places. So, I mean, they, they, they take the love they can get. But Nisha had, was just able to, inter- the way she interacted with people and, um, and her ability just to connect and charm people, I think is, is something that's going to stand to her now that we've been able to give her a chance of a, of a life with us. So um, I'm dying to see how she uh, how she how she blossoms and develops how do you feel after your experience of being Nisha's dad Eric that we sadly live in a world where we have this idea of perfection you know and um, that that this whole idea of kind of selflessness and and this purity of love that we see in in children uh, isn't valued anymore yeah no it's um it's been humbling um and I know there's, you know, there's a debate coming up in May uh, without getting too much into it, but just to kind of leave people a picture, Nisha was an abandoned child, um, an awful situation where her mother, who's a Hindu, had her out of wedlock and couldn't take the child um, and ended up having to give her up. Um, we were able to adopt Nisha. Uh, God used us to do that. So uh, to allude to the story of Joseph back in Genesis and his story came full circle in the end and uh, was for, forgave his brothers for what they did to him. So 
God created good out of a very, very bad situation. So I think that's something for people to really reflect on and hold on to. Nisha came from a really, really derelict situation where she would no chance, a life sentence really in an orphanage where she wouldn't be able to be the full version of herself, especially with all her mental faculties, as I said, compared to others. Um, so I, we believe that he used a, um, whatever was a really bad decision on her original parents or the way that that religion is set up meant that she was an abandoned child. So that was obviously a very harsh and evil thing that was done to her. So, but God has called us to do that and he turned into a, hopefully, which will be a real good. So I think he can use these things and people who see themselves in those type of circumstances with those decisions, I think can really, if they can latch onto some sort of faith and uh, and go on that walk and, and keep the big picture and how a real bad, something good can come from a really bad situation. What about just where you see God in your everyday life, Eric? I'm thankfully I'm thankful that my schedule allows me in most mornings to be able to 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 pray and connect and um you know study I enjoy studying the bible um it's uh it was something that thankfully was only taught to me in the right way in the last 10 12 years so I try to look through it or listen to different sermons of certain people I I love listening to just even life stories and 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 being able to have that um it's not so much a feeling, but knowing again, as you say, you're forgiven and, and the freedom that gives you in, in purpose and meaning in your life is huge. Because um, I think we get, a lot of us carry around a lot of bricks, Christian and non-Christian, and to be able to know that you can release that every day is, is huge. Yeah, it's life-changing, really. Uh, what about a testing time in your life? Yeah, a lot of testing times. Obviously, need the process of adopting Nisha was huge, both in Sri Lanka and getting her home to Ireland. But um, I suppose one memorable one um was a year after my i was in a rugby job for for one year we had a set of poor results after the first year i remember being brought into the meeting with the employers and um two other assistant coaches had actually done things behind my back that i wasn't aware of and um i was obviously praying before the meeting and and for people who know me sometimes i i get frustrated and i can i can lose you can sometimes lose my temper and i know if I hadn't had Nisha and hadn't prayed for God, you know, for God's strength during that meeting, I know the outburst could have ended the job. And ultimately, we were in the middle of the process with Nisha, and that could have fallen flat on his, on his face. So something kept me from saying anything, even though people were um, being very intimidating and 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 blacking my name in front of me. I I was able to keep my counsel. Thankfully, I don't know how I did it, but. Grace. Um, <laughs> yes, yes, and I, I wasn't consciously thinking about Nisha's situation in that moment, but. But I, I'd just gone through the day saying, just prepare me for this. I know what's coming. Um, but ultimately, the knock-on effect of me, maybe out, an outburst would have could have led to my job ending after one year, which meant the whole process of adopting Isha would have been up in the air. I would have gone out the window, really, and we would have been packing our bags. So looking back, it's a lot easier to see where where I, I was able to get that strength and, um, and wisdom from. So um, that was a real testing time. But again, I know he was there with me. What one luxury would you find it hard to live without? Um, yeah, well, with the two kids now, my golf game's gone out the window for the last three or four years. So the scone and coffee in the mornings is something I try to latch onto. And, uh, and my wife's trying to talk me out of it, but I, that's one thing I'm going to keep hold of. Uh, yeah, that, that sets your day up the right way. Um, now, all the rugby fans here in Spirit Radio, of which there are many, Eric, I have been uh, tasked with asking you your opinion on the Ireland v Scotland game. What do you reckon is going to be the outcome? Yeah, no, I've, I've, uh, the two coaches I've, I think are two of the best coaches around, Joe Schmidt and Gregor Townsend. I obviously played with with the Lions 
very instinctive player and he's been able to bring that into his coaching and you can see the way his, t- his players play play for him and latch on to that instinctive approach. I think Scotland are a great team to watch when they're playing well and the way they play for each other is very similar but in a different way to the way the Irish players but there is that commonality between the two teams and the way, particularly the way Scotland are developing now but the weather can be hit and, hit, hit and miss but by all accounts it's supposed to be wet which I think will favour Ireland I can, I know the Scotland coach has already been talking to Wayne Barnes who's a very strict English referee about letting the game flow so I know they want a fast game so I think that could hinder them um, if, if the weather's anyway um, uh, wet and windy um, as it's supposed to be so I think that'll give the edge to Ireland but either way it's very difficult to see past Ireland if they can fix their defence out wide they will be tough to beat that's going to be a good game. If you've just joined me, I've been chatting to Eric Miller. He has been our former uh, our former international rugby player and he's been our Life in Five guest this morning. Eric, thank you so much for joining us in the studio and we'll be praying for Nisha ahead of her operation uh, taking place in the United States and maybe we'll get an update from you after that happens. Thanks for joining us on the programme this morning. Thank you. Thanks for listening to our Spirit Radio podcast. Don't miss out. Subscribe today. Find out how at spiritradio.ie.